We finally made it. Delivery is here. This episode is about how to frame all the results we've had so far to meet concrete needs of real people. We will look into practical approaches to consistently deliver on our processes. So stick with me while I outline a method to take a long, hard look at who we are delivering to so we can best serve them. If you've been following the episodes up to this point, in observation, we took advantage of our impulses to make small descriptions of the world with the tools at hand. We harvested our impressions by watching them accumulate in repositories, letting patterns emerge. In research, we hunted for connections between our patterns and the work of others by making conscious connections and made them more visible and organized in hopes of knowing more about the world and ourselves. And in process, we gave ourselves completely to acting within ritualized practice, as if in a form of meditation. We defined creative constraints for having focused work sessions that are self-contained and let the results pile up. We enjoyed exploring. And that's all great, but what was it all good for if it doesn't add value? If it doesn't solve someone's problem? If it doesn't make something new possible for everybody else? Something that wasn't possible before you created it? Delivery, in the agency sense, is a type of work in itself. It's where we exercise a considerable amount of analysis. The aim is to provide context to what we consider quality for what's going out into the world. It's all about when, for whom, where, and why. Here is where we accept that we are not done when we finish. We are done when we publish. And publishing is not just putting it out somewhere where it can be accessed. We need a deployment strategy, and the success of the work is likely to hinge more on how well this is done than on any of the specifics of the work itself. Not only will we have to face our fear of judgment, because the work is going to be judged, we will have to make some very critical decisions. And if we do them right, our lives can truly change overnight. The good news is, it's usually okay to try many, 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 many times. At each cycle, learning and growing through the feedback of the world, watching our deliveries pile up. Those who deliver consistently and integrate this focus of offering something of use to the world, to their practice, tend to get what they want. Even without brilliancy or special talent, reliability can go a long way. Equally for employers and fan bases, in a shifting world, being a consistent promise of X and delivering X has a value of its own. There's only upsides to having your work being found, used, and enjoyed by people. It's where money, influence, and friends will come from. It's also okay to be ignored for as long as it takes while you build up your practice. If you manage to avoid getting too self-important and losing faith in yourself, you can just imagine this yet unseen work as a seed that might blossom any time in the future. One of the most widely respected pieces of work I've ever done for the blockchain space, the DAO Canvas, went completely ignored for 18 months. That's an eternity for the standards of the industry. Every step taken to the day you make it is useful, even if only as a supporting statement. These deliveries clarify your journey and support whatever you create in your next orbits around the issue that moves you to produce. As long as you also enjoy the actual work, this should not give you too long a pause. 
all work that is published, used, visible, and adding value to someone is a possible future fountain of opportunities. As long as it's adequately delivered, it's already a win. Everyone has examples of processes in which they've dumped bucket loads of hours, only to stop at the crucial moment of sharing it with other people. So why do so many people fail at doing the only step of the work that actually has any chance of making them successful and help them grow into powerful, successful versions of themselves? Honestly, I don't care. The list of possible reasons might be too long to be worth listing, and they truly don't matter to us here. This is the time to be tough on ourselves. I don't care how many reasons you can come up with to sabotage yourself. Deliver. Finish. Publish. Launch. Put the thing out there for others to use, see, and listen. Take part in the fractal turbulent debate of culture now. Are you a little late? Fine. Sooner's better than later. A little short? Fine. Deliver installments. The key here is having a practice should also mean having one or more delivery methods for it to periodically put work in front of a relevant peer group. These moments are the only ones that have true potential of generating concrete real-world results that are not related just to the learning process. You will surely be surprised by the reactions and outcomes. People who are exposed to your creation are not seeing it under the microscope like you are. They only see what you delivered and not necessarily will be focused on all that is missing. And if they do, they might hold the key to becoming collaborators and getting you and the work where it needs to go even if this is by attacking it. So, what are useful assessments when considering how to package work for delivery? How to methodically build a strategy that will carry you through the inevitable self-doubt and all the way to generously offering your stuff to the world? This is what I call overcoming is it good with useful questions. At this point, subjective notions of good or bad won't serve as well. The real question is, Good enough for what? What is the desired outcome of the act of delivery? This is not a yes or no question. To help define this desired effect, I suggest using a mnemonic strategy I call the five W's. What, where, who, when, and why. That is, what are you delivering? Where is it going to meet the public? Who constitutes this public? When does this encounter happen, and why are you making it happen? Cycling through these questions several times, taking a long, hard look, will help us define our success parameters and governing assumptions. I suggest attacking these questions one at a time, but very fast and over and over again, allowing ourselves to first find the most obvious version of the answers without second-guessing ourselves, and then repeat the process again and again until a certain degree of elegance is reached. Allowing yourself to start by streaming consciousness down and capturing your impulses and getting progressively more strict with ourselves as we revisit the first attempt. What? What is the delivery form itself? What is it that's going to be put in front of people? A presentation? A dinner? A paper, an article, an invitation? Or is it a song or a token sale campaign? Here's where we define the concrete parameters of the delivery. How big, how long, what color, how many, how it smells. 
objectivize until you can feel like you were there. The delivery of an agency episode, for example, is usually five to six pages long, delivered in both text and audio. The audio file is a voiceover podcast format lasting from 16 to 20 minutes posted to Anchor, and also posted to Medium with the text added for ease of following along. This is considered the cheap version of the delivery. Let's call it a prototype mode. The focus is on the content that people can use to manifest their dreams in reality. After this is validated, I have many ideas where I can take it. But for now, this is what I can afford to do on my own. Hopefully, by the time you listen to this, it will be much nicer. So what are you planning on delivering right now? Write that. As you answer the next prompt, this answer might feel like it needs a little bit of tweaking. That's the whole point of the process. You get back to it after assessing all the other debuts. Hopefully, again and again, until the thing is so airtight that it would feel dumb not to do it. That's our goal. So how about the where? Here's where we try to define the delivery setting. Is it online or off? Is it fancy or common? In which type of room or web service will it have? Each delivery setting will come with its own embedded limitations and resources. It's paramount to research, define, ask questions to yourself and whoever is involved. Inquiring here will make sure what aspects of your work need highlighting, omission or adaptation to better suit the venue constraints, be it brick or mortar, virtual reality or Zoom call. Theaters and publications, for example, have editorial directions. It would be foolish to target a supporting organization or space without understanding why they would want you there or what they hope to get out of it. Be generous with your curiosity. Which brings us to the who. Once we know where the delivery happens, it's time to think of the inhabitants of that space. Who are we delivering to? Even deliveries happening in what seems to be open forums like social media, a gallery, or on a street wall will have an implied group of stakeholders that you care about. Those people whose reactions to the work matter more than others. There's also a set of stakeholders that cares about you, the deliverer. And there's also a set that cares about the topic that the work is about, or the media it's developed in. Take a moment to appreciate all the different attention streams of living humans that will intersect because of your work. I find reflections like this so exciting that just by imagining the delivery as a connection space for many people with different life strategies to intersect, I get all hyped up. These people form your audience, and some of them might become core contributors or followers. They will come into the delivery space in some sense because of you but also the topic, the theme, the media you're addressing or using. And of course, the chosen delivery space itself. We need to define who are the stakeholders that are inherent to me delivering work at this point? Who's my audience? What are their expectations and how much do I want to let these expectations inform the work? But I also want you to think about who are the indirect stakeholders due to where we are delivering, the topic, etc. And of these, who are the ones I care about? Why? To put it another way, who are the stakeholders from the delivery space? How will they interact with the internal stakeholders of my work 
what do I want these groups to experience and share through this delivery? These reflections, when done consciously, can help you avoid being a bummer, or even worse, irrelevant. They will also certainly matter if you want to awe and surprise. Delivery by delivery, step by step, your work will matter more to people and help improve their lives, especially if you do it at the right time. Now let's talk about when. Just as important as the delivered object, the context, and the people receiving the delivery is when it happens. You might control when the delivery is going to happen, but you don't have full control over what's happening around it. And the delivery is in the future. There might be events that will affect how relevant it is and its overall perception. Although predicting what will happen is always debatable, trends can be felt analyzed and studied to place the work just a little bit ahead of the curve or to future-proof it to avoid or not outrage. So ask yourself, are there external factors I want to take into account, like market movements, a season, an art fair, a conference? Is the delivery happening early morning or after lunch? Are people drinking when it happens? Are they joyous or are they in a state of fear? Maybe there's a global pandemic happening etc, etc, etc. Seeking to understand what other events and contexts surround the delivery is important and often failing to consider them can be very damaging. Events both big and small from politics to how hungry an audience might be or what market movements succeeded your job interview change how your delivery is received. They can and should be seen as an integral part of the delivery themselves and few things are as satisfying as experiencing a delivery that feels just in time. You know what they say, nothing is as powerful than an idea whose time has come. Electric cars, fart jokes, and suggesting orgies all have their time in this life. The most successful of us have, more often than not, developed a keen sense of opportunity. You should too. Allow your mind to meld with the zeitgeist. Do you see arrows, vectors, directions coming out of it? Get all Donnie Darko in this one. Because we got to why. Why the heck are we doing this in the first place? A lot of gurus and motivational speakers and barstool philosophers get excited over this question. After all, it opens itself in a flower of subjective complexity that makes people feel all smart when they think about it. If you want to enjoy the complexity of your whys, I'm not going to stop you. But at first, I want to boil the why down to one simple question. What is the theory of change to this delivery? If successful, what is going to change for the world, for you, for the topic, for the media? Once you nail this one down, why is this something that should happen? At least one why, but maybe three? You can enjoy your complexity. So what becomes possible for me, my audience, and the world if I make a successful delivery? And why is this something desirable? is the lifeline of the delivery itself. If you nudge it to one side or the other, it might change your strategy. Significant. So you should strive to find out what's the revolution hidden inside your work. It doesn't have to be big, but it should be there. If it's not, why are we doing this and not something else? Honing in on a very concrete theory of change not only makes the mission easier and help us better define all the other W's, it will also inform your next cycle of observation, research, process, and delivery again and again and again. 
The goal here is to see the delivery as a system, to work in a way that you can see all your answers at once, checking if things fit together. As a sense of wholeness emerges, some of the W's might need adjustment. They might change completely or grow in relevance. This map will help you work smart instead of hard. And in case the delivery parameters change, it will allow for timely adjustments of our assumptions. Bringing it all together means focusing on actually getting to a delivery. There's no possible upside to going into paralysis by analysis here. The challenge is positioning the delivery of the work in the right contexts with only the necessary effort. Delivering well is a highly dynamic game of interacting contexts, where the path is filled with gatekeepers. We want to jump through the hoops of our own choosing. Success is a moving target, and the beauty is always in the eye of the beholder. So don't worry, there will always be plenty of places to deliver to, many of fringes to explore, and niches to thrive in. I hope this is a good frame to guide your considerations. Now it's time to take it home. Think back to all the steps taken until now. Your observations, researches, processes, and what you've done so far. Brainstorm a list of possible deliverables that advance agency or one of your personal projects. If you want, you can be more abstract and think of personal goals in your own life as well. Now, display your power of analysis by brainstorming on each of the five W's. What, where, when, who, and why. Go as deep as you need to. You don't need to share the inner parts of your process. Once airtight, organize this in a presentable form. It could be one paragraph of text for each, or a slide presentation. You could make a video. Imagine that you're pitching yourself and the world on your theory of change and how to get it done. You're trying to get your system to release enough energy to actually go and do it. I look forward to seeing it on the board or the DAO. Let's get delivering. And with this, we've wrapped the first season of the agency methodology. Thank you for playing and see you again soon.